Good morning and welcome to the Human Results Podcast. This morning with me, I have the usual suspect, Mr. Alistair Hobbs, the Managing Director. Good morning, Alistair. How are we? Morning, Ben. Fine, thank you. Uh, as a HR consultant, we're okay in a room of three, aren't we? We're not nowhere near the rule of six today. It's kicked in. No, no, no. We're socially distancing well. <laughs> Great stuff. And our special guest today, we have Manny from the School of Coding, who is an expert in bringing young entrepreneurs and business people through the system, teaching them the lessons of IT and how to become an expert. Good morning, Manny. How are you? Good morning, Bern. I'm good, thank you. And thank you for the invitation to have me on, on your show. So very quickly, Manny, tell us more about School of Coding and then we'll go. what we're going to do today is discuss the kickstart scheme through the government. So firstly, tell us about the School of Coding. Sure. So we teach computer science and coding to children and adults all across the UK, Europe and Asia. We're the largest coding school in the country. We teach anywhere between 5,000 to 7,000 students every single month. We teach them to code, but we also teach them digital skills, entrepreneurial skills, especially those young people who love playing games. We're showing them a path into the industry, how they can become creators of games rather than just being the people who just play the games. Well, it's a brilliant industry to be in and it's a growth area at the moment, of course. It is one of the growth areas, isn't it? It's gaming and IT because of the COVID lockdown. Oh, definitely. We've seen a massive growth, uh, both for our lessons and also within people who are looking to come into our programs. So we run sessions for both people who are looking to have private lessons, but also we run government funded projects as well. Currently we have programs running in Shropshire and West Midlands where people who are on the universal credit can learn to code for free. Brilliant. And we'll come back to that at the end as how people can get on that course. But today we're here to discuss the kickstart scheme by the government to help young people, 16 to 24 year olds, uh, into job placements. And of course, one of the things that I've said all along is that with the COVID-19, we're in danger of losing the experienced people. And of course, then the unexperienced people have nobody to learn from. But this is actually yeah. going to help people, isn't it? This is going to help companies, going to help jobs, going to help young people get into the market earlier than they would be normally, isn't it? So tell us about the Kickstart scheme, Manny. The Kickstarter scheme is a £2 billion investment which has been put out by the government to try and help uh, young people become less reliant on the universal credit. Now, the reason I'm highlighting that is because this is not about just an employer getting free staff. This is about helping the young people between the age of 16 to 24 who we want to try and get into employment and not be reliant on the universal credit. In summary, and I'll go into more detail later, what the Kickstarter scheme is, is that for any employer who employs a young person between the age of 16 to 24, that person's wages, including um, national insurance, and also the uh, employer's national insurance will be contributed fully 100% by the government. Now, they have to work minimum 25 hours per week, and that's what the government will fund. Now, if you want to employ someone, you have to make sure that young person comes through the scheme. So you can't just take someone on and say, I need to have the government paying for this young person's wages. We have to make sure that that young person goes through the Kickstarter scheme. Now, the question then arises, how does a business or an employer join the Kickstarter scheme? 
There are two routes into that, and I'll go into more details about each one a bit later on. The first one is that if you can employ 30 or more people to start with through the Kickstarter scheme, you can directly put an application in with the government. However, if you are a small employer and you can't employ 30 people, you need to be part of a consortium. So you need to be part of a group. That group will then be led by what we call an intermediary. And School of Coding and Gecko have joined partnership to create an intermediary to help small businesses give the opportunity to young people so that anybody who's looking to take on one or two or three or four people can come through the intermediary go through the full process with the full support from School of Coding and Gecko programs, and we would then help you take those young people and uh, have them in your company for the six months. And Alistair, just coming to yourself now, how have your clients reacted to this? It must be an advantage to be able to have this facility available. Yeah, I've spoken to a few. There is certainly some interest, yeah. Obviously, it's a considerable financial incentive, but there is a big onus on employers to ensure that they're providing uh, the right environment and they're giving somebody an opportunity. But I think it is a great opportunity for employers and young people to, um, to get on board. Um, certainly I'm interested. I'm, I'm actually speaking to, to Manny separately in that regard, but I'm certainly interested. Always tried as a small business to invest in the, in, in the development of young people. In fact, I've had an apprentice and she's still with me five years down the line. Um, but this is a great, great opportunity for a business of our size to take somebody on and, and see how they get on with, that, with our support. You know, within that six month period, you know, we can see a way forward to, to retaining that person. And I think clients, when they know more about it, will be. I mean, there's been a lot of bad news in, in recent weeks with restructuring. Plenty of clients who are going through that process, but even those that are still have to keep in mind to the talent opportunities for the future. So it does represent some, some good news and some good opportunities out there. I think it's a, it's a good initiative. And, and Manny, of course, the situation, anything like this, it needs to be managed correctly. But it's the perfect opportunity for a growing business to mould somebody. The person then fits into the model, can now get involved with that business at a very young age. If the person stays there for 10, 12, 15 years, we'll know that company inside out. It's a massive plus for the business, isn't it? It is, Ben. And the thing we, we have to take away from here is that the six months of the funded program is really to kickstart a young person's career within a corporation, especially. So normally employers, especially large employers, are very reluctant to take on people who don't have experience, people who don't have the necessary backgrounds in their field. So what the government's trying to do is try to break those barriers down and try to help those large corporations. But indirectly, they're helping the young people to break into those large corporations and into smaller businesses as well. So that rather than having to worry about trying to cherry pick members of staff who have certain expertise in the field of that employer, what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, okay, well, look, give everybody the opportunity if you think they have the right personality to fit into your company. And after six months, if you think they're the right fit for you, 
then carry them over. But if not, then obviously you've got the opportunity to then terminate that contract. So that's very important that employers understand that this is not about just a six months program. This is about giving the young people the opportunity to then carry this forward. So in other words, they want to build a career out of this and our job should be as employers to help these young people within those six months to build for that career, like you said, for the next 15, 20 years. So they then become the expert within the company. Alistair, is six months long enough is the question for yourself? Possibly not, Ben. I think in some cases it will be. From the point of view of, uh, of future employment, it's an, invalu- it's an invaluable start, no question about it. If somebody's actually got the ability to get a reference from an existing employer or previous employer, which, you know, is positive, then it's a great start. Great start of getting into the discipline of a working life. Is six months enough? Well, I suppose it'll depend on the candidate to a degree. If an employer has the ability to retain somebody who's good, then they, they'll do so. If, if they've been conscientious and given it their best go, they'll leave with some invaluable experience. It's debatable whether six months is going to be right for some, but uh, you, can't, you can't keep these things going indefinitely. Um, there has to be a date. It's entirely arbitrary what that is, but I think six months is is pretty good. For example, I mean, I'd, I'd quite like to take somebody who I might be able to develop into business development work. Um, six months could give somebody the opportunity to get a pipeline of targeted sales, and that could then encourage somebody like me to, to stick with it. That is definitely been the case and it still is the case that businesses always look for people who have experience the problem we found with the younger businesses is that in order for especially with school of coding when i was starting the company out and i was trying to employ my first one or two people was that i wanted someone with sales background i wanted someone with marketing background but the problem is you're just starting out or you're a small firm or you're one man band how do you then go and afford the salary of someone with five years experience with school of coding we made a decision that we will have our in-house program to build these young people up and typically what we have as our culture is the first four months of your employment we're not expecting much from you apart from learning so the only thing we want you to do is just learn so even if you stay with the company for one year, as a lot of apprentices do with us, for the first four months, we just want you to spend all the time learning from the company. And then the next eight months is when you'll be productive. So I think if employers went with that open mindset that there's going to be some period, whether it's three months or like Alistair said, maybe six months, then that's very, very important for any young person to be able to grasp the knowledge and also this is a two-way thing as well both for the employer and for the young person and that's something we need to take on board this is not just about the employer finding the right person for them this is also for the young person finding the right opportunity for them as well so that it might be the case that a young person might try out in marketing but after a month they may feel that's not the role for them They may want to go down the route of sales or software development or whatever it is. Whatever route we are taking those young people through, we have to give them the opportunity to learn. And that has to take time. So like Alistair said, I think between three to six months is usually ideal. With School of Coding, we we always think between three to four months is what we need to give for these young people to really grasp what we do. 
And I want to come on to the people themselves now, Manny. Obviously, at School of Coding, you've probably got a, a fair amount of people that are interested in your industry. You know, you've got a very exciting industry, a very shiny industry to people leaving school. How's it looking for people coming into other industries that are perhaps more mundane, should we say, the, the, the day-to-day industries that we all have to have that support businesses? How's the applications for that looking? You know, at the moment, because we're only getting expressions of interest from businesses, a lot of young people want to get into things like business admin, not because they want a career in business admin. It's normally a stepping stone for them so that they can build their CV. And I buy into that because when you're a business admin person working for a small firm, there's no better way to learn everything about the business. So if you're doing just marketing for a small company, you will be expected just to do marketing. Whereas if you're a business admin, you're dealing with sales, you're dealing with invoices, customers, um, marketing, everything all at once. So a lot of the young people want to go into business admin, but from our industry, from what we've seen, there's various different parts in the tech world. So we're not just looking for software developers or that's not where the, uh, the whole interest is coming there's a massive demand for creative content writers. So people who are writing blogs for companies, uh, social media marketing. And then we've seen there's a demand for people who want to work in hotels and restaurants, not typically to do the waitering, but to learn to be a chef, to do other things. But the thing we've got to understand is a lot of businesses, because of COVID, are unable to take these people on. So I think as much as young people want to explore all opportunities which are there, there's a lot of mismatch between what the employers can offer at the moment. Had this opportunity been given in a normal circumstances, I think young people would have had a much more variety to choose from. And of course, Alistair, that then brings us to the point of companies have to look after their current staff before they look at this scheme, don't they? This scheme is fantastic. And of course, people might see it as a free employee, but you've got to look after the people you've got still, haven't you? Oh, very much so. I, mean, I think that the response to an employer needs to recognise that this is, this is an opportunity, but it, it's an investment of their time, if nothing else. Any employer looking to take on somebody on the kickstart scheme needs to be prepared to invest a lot of time in them and uh, for it to work business comes first so you have to be certain that you can devote that time you're not going to let loose somebody who's not going to be able to deal with customers deal with clients uh, in a way that's consistent with your own business and its reputation so it, you know it's it's important to uh, to bear that in mind but of course, Manny, one of the points you're saying is that not just to stick them on a computer doing an Excel spreadsheet, that is not the scheme. That is just somebody coming and do a job that you don't want to do. You want them to learn the jobs that keep a business going, don't you? Exactly, Ben. But I think one point we need to understand and we need to take on board that the scheme is very, very limited in the scenario that what Alistair is saying about replacing people and making sure that your current staff have a job. So the government's made it very clear that you cannot replace any jobs. You have to create new jobs for these people. So it cannot be that, you know, just because you're paying someone to do your marketing at the moment, now you get rid of them to try and get a free member of staff in for six months. You can't do that. So you have to create additional 
jobs for these people give them the opportunity in different areas it's not just about replacing someone or putting them in front of a computer and getting them to do the the mundane tasks that we don't want to do ourselves this is about developing these young people but at the same time i think employers need to look at it and, and definitely myself as an employer i would want to take on four to five people through this scheme and what i want to do is i want to make sure that I then try and build these people so they become an asset to me. They're valuable to my company and they help me grow my company. There is no point of taking these people on, training them for six months and then letting them go. They should be able to produce three times as to what you're going to be paying them going forward. And in order to do that, you need to invest time and effort into them. And, you know, the best thing about this, you don't need to invest any money because the government's going to invest the money into them. Mm -hmm. So you just need to invest your time and effort. And that is something that I think every employer needs to take on board before they give this opportunity to any young person. So you're looking for the next young Bill Gates then, Amani, is that right? Uh, I think we'll go with Mark Zuckerberg instead. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but in your industry, it is that exciting, isn't it, for you? Because if they come into your business and they code something that you've not even thought of and they're thinking of a different generation, the up-and-coming generation, whereas you're thinking about the generation that's in now, it could be really exciting, couldn't it? It could take you to areas that you never thought of going into, but are profitable. Oh, 100%. And, you know, one of the things we, we now look for when we look for a young person to employ is how much following they have on social media. That's one of the key questions we now ask in an interview. How big is your following? Which social media platforms you're using? And the reason for that is because we want to be able to fit this person in, into our company, into our culture. You know, our average range of my team is between the age of 22 and 27. And we need to make sure that one, they fit into the company's culture. But secondly, what we're doing as a company, we're targeting young people to try and train them up. So these um, new employees that we take on board or these new team members, they need to be in alignment with our industry. That's very, very important. And mm -hmm. to do that, how do you judge someone? Well, you can only ask them a few questions. And then, you know, if someone says to me, they got 20,000 followers on Instagram, I'd rather take them on straight away because if not anything else, they're going to do some marketing to 20,000 people for me. Me and Alistair used to ask them if they could use a fax machine. So life's changed, hasn't it, Alistair? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. But, uh, but it is exciting though, isn't it? And, and Alistair, and, and for businesses and for the people coming through, we could find some brilliant people here that are going to overtake us in, in the entrepreneurship world and you know, really take companies onto different levels. That's always the, the opportunity, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think in Manny's industry, of course, it's the young who fully understand social media and, and are on it all day, every day, all the time, much to their parents' annoyance. So uh, the fact that they understand that, the fact that they've been schooled in computing of one form or another, even if it's not coding, they have an interest in it. And I think an interest in something is, makes such a difference. <laughs> It really does. Does somebody age 17 or 18 have a genuine interest in the law, for example? They might think that they want to pursue that line into the profession, but is that because they see the local lawyers um, doing well financially or do they actually have a genuine passion for something? Some do. Some gain that. You know, in my father, was a, was long since retired, but he's a dentist. But you ask him why he went into dentistry. It's because his local dentist uh, in the late 50s had a 
chauffeur-driven Jaguar. It was highly lucrative in those days. As a boy growing up in a mining community, the, the professions was uh, they were really on a pedestal. I'm going to throw something in there as to what Alistair said about the lucrative of the industry. And the biggest thing for us, whenever we're looking to take on a new student who's looking to get into or explore coding, and they will ask us the question is, how much money can I make from this? And we always say to them, well, just go on Google, type in top 10 richest people in the world. And yes. you'll see 60% of them are coders. Yeah. And that, that yeah. should be enough for you. So mm. hold on. So I've got it up here. Zuckerberg, Gates and Manny. I've got it. Is that right? <laughs> Is that right? I'm one day. I'm getting one there. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And, and Manny, look, we really appreciate the information you've given out there. How do people get involved in the scheme, lastly? So people can email me directly. It's manny at schoolofcoding.co.uk. Give us a call on 01902 509209. And what we will do, we will put you into our application and as part of our intermediary. And then we would be running all the training for your Kickstarter scheme. One of the things I think we need to be very clear on is that you cannot replace anybody in their current role. You have to create new roles. That's one. The second thing is the government will fund you for six months. So you need to think about what you're going to do with that young person. Are you going to let them go or are you going to keep them on? If you are going to keep them on, what is the role they're going to have after six months? The third thing is you got to understand is that it's not just about getting them to work. It's also about training them. So please make sure that the opportunity that you're offering to these young people sits well, not just for yourself, but also for that young person as well. We're also running free coding courses in Shropshire and in West Midlands. So if you are someone who's unemployed or you know someone who's unemployed, do get in touch with us and we can train you to be the next Mark Zuckerberg for free of charge. And Alistair, when you're doing Mark Zuckerberg, the next Mark Zuckerberg's contract of employment, then obviously you'll need to do all their staff as well, won't you? So Very strong intellectual property rights for Manny. If people are looking at the Kickstart scheme, of course, Alistair, and the contracts for that, they should call you so you can go through the contracts because it's not just the contract of the Kickstart, it's the future contract of employment as well, isn't it? Well, that's right. Um, young people need to understand uh, when they come into a role, uh, even if it's largely training, they're going to see information, they're going to be aware of things in the business, and they have to learn very quickly what employers expect in terms of behaviours. So yes, employers will need to to make sure that, uh, that that is in, in plain English and black and white from the outset. Well, that's been an amazing podcast today. I think there's lots of information there. And I think the best thing we can do is come back to this when, Manny, you're up and running to tell us the progress of it because it's fascinating to hear. Uh, you're obviously doing some good things for the youth. So thank you for joining us today. And it won't be the last podcast. And as it's your first podcast, you told us just before we come on, you've done very well, sir. Nine and a half out of ten. <laughs> well, if you invite me back, then I guess I've done okay. Brilliant. Thank you, Manny. <laughs> thank you, Alistair. Brilliant. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Ben. Cheers. Thank you.